Clytus, I'm bored. What plaything can you offer me today? Now dig this, Matt. Y'all know I love stationery. Y'all know I love to take notes. I love to write. I love to write on paper. I love to write notebooks. Matt, what'd you get me for Christmas this year? I got you notebooks and pens and organizers. Correct. I love it. Uh, And I find that it genuinely helps me remember things better as opposed to typing them or like putting them on a, a text file or whatever. Actually writing something down physically helps me a lot. It helps me organize my thoughts. It helps me get my work done. And ever since I got my new uh, iPad and I got the Apple Pencil with it, I have been doing that on there, and that's great. The only problem I've had with it, it doesn't quite feel like writing on paper, which is a feeling I like. We have the solution to that problem. That's right. Paper-like. As I mentioned at the top of the show, it's a screen protector for your iPad. It uses a proprietary technology called NanoDots. With those nanodots, you feel the natural resistance of paper on your iPad screen. It is a paper-like feeling on your iPad. So if you're drawing, if you're taking notes, if you're using your iPad like you would a notebook, here's the way for it to really feel natural. And Chris, I know you love that. You you have an iPad, you got a paper-like, and I'm sure it's, it feels just right for you. It does. It feels great to use. Also, Matt, you know I'm very particular about paper. I have specific brands of notebooks that I will and will not use. And paper, like, feels good on the iPad. Uh, They also make accessories for the pencil to make the pencil a little more comfortable to hold. They make uh, accessories to help you clean the iPad as well. They've got it all. The ability to handwrite notes in a digital form is great to begin with. But getting that extra tactile feeling that makes me happy while I do it, (laughs) that gives me that little dopamine, that little serotonin burst that I like to have, is fantastic. The latest version of the Paperlike is manufactured in Switzerland using high-quality plastic foils designed for maximum picture clarity. You're not going to lose any of the definition of your iPad screen if you put a Paperlike on there. And these foils are developed exclusively for paper-like products. It also always comes in a set of two, so you have a spare. Look, we know a lot of artists listen to this show. If you're an artist and you're looking for a way to make drawing on your iPad feel a little bit better, this is how you do it. So, to pick up your paper-like, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax, click Buy Paper-like, and select your iPad size. From now, right now, until the end of January, Paperlike is also including their Digital Pro Planner Bundle at no extra cost for every order placed through the Paperlike store. Plus, shipping is completely free. So if you're ready to do more with your iPad, head over to paperlike.com slash Ajax to get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to War Rocket Ajax. This is the internet's most explosive comic book and pop culture podcast. The two of us? Why, we're your hosts. My name is Chris Sims. With me, as always, is Matt Wilson. Matt, how are you? Tired. How are you, Chris? 
cold. <laughs> this podcast should be hosted by Tired and Cold. That's 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 what it's like here in our forties, folks. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even quite there yet, and it's it's that's just where I'm at. I I've just been very busy, and you will hear soon about how busy I've been. I've had this week a podcast interview that I've done every day. That's good, though. You're getting the getting the word out. That's true, and I'm doing more next week. It is good. But it has led to me doing a few things that I wouldn't normally do, like uh, making a bank transfer out of the wrong account. But you don't need to hear about that, folks. <laughs> uh-huh. We do have a great show for everybody this week. Hey, hey buddy. Buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If it helps, everyone I know feels exhausted and overwhelmed right now, including me. Yeah, it's it's the world. The world is like this. It's like the world is a vampire. True words, true words, spoken by none other than William Corgan, owner of the National Wrestling Alliance. That great show that I mentioned, though, we have it. We do. Chris, I remember on our last set of Groonies. Yeah, we're doing Groonies again. Just two yeah, weeks that's, later. That's- that's interesting information. We have several interviews coming up on this show over the next several weeks, and we wanted to get some Groonies in during March, so uh, we're doing Groonies. But Chris, last time we did Groonies, you said something that has stuck in my head throughout, and especially as I was reading these specific issues, which is that during this period of Marvel Comics... Sometimes they just it would just debut a new guy. New guy just dropped. Mm-hmm. And new types of guys all over mid nineties Marvel comics. This specific six issues of Groonies is full of new characters just dropping. So get ready for that, folks. I feel like I Grunwald knows. I mean, presumably he doesn't know that he will unfortunately be passing away in two years, but he does have to know that his tenure as the writer of Captain America is coming to an end. And so he's going to be like, it's it's time. New guys. Yeah. New guys all day, every day here in the Groonies. We'll get to those Groonies, but before we do, we do have some business to take care of here at the top of the show. That first bit of business is thanking our newest supporters over on Patreon. That's right, Matt. These are the people. They drive all the way down to 627 Gimmick Street. You know what's there. Well, at 626 was a CarMax. <laughs> right? So, so I across th- the street from the world's smallest CarMax. I think across the street from... The CarMax would be a bus stop, so people who sell their car at CarMax can get home. I mean, they wouldn't want that there, though, because you're supposed to buy one while you're there, too. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so what is there, Chris? It's just, it's just Incredibles House. Mm. He's a couple doors down from the rest of the clique. Yeah. He's just a couple doors down. <laughs> you know, you gotta keep Justice Incredible at arm's length. That's what I've always said. Well, you can't trust him. You know, he's an impact player. That's right. 
But I'll tell you what Justin Credible ought to do when he gets that uh, th- that Wi-Fi installed down at 627 Giving Street. He should go, and you should go, dear listener, to patreon.com slash warrocketajax and kick in as little as a dollar a month to help me and Matt pay those gimmicks they keep sending in the mail called bills. That's right. And I have a few new names to read out this week for new Patreon backers. First off is Mike Bostic. Thank you, Mike. Aaron Nathaniel. Thank you, Aaron. And Mark Bennett. Thank you, Mark. You would like to be like Mike, Aaron, and Mark. Who? Everybody wants to be like Mike, Matt. Come on. I want to be like Mike. If you would like to be like those three fine fellows, you can help us out by going to patreon.com slash warrocketajax, and as Chris said, kicking in as little as $1 a month to make sure that we do this show every week, that we do every story ever every month, that we do comics catch-up every month. New comics catch-up just went up last week, uh, so you can go check that out. Movie fighters and snack situation, all of those are made possible by your support over on Patreon. And as a patron, you get every single one of those shows, all the ones that I just named, completely ad-free. You can also get other cool stuff. There's a level where you can get bonus content, including bonus audio that we record. Sometimes I cut things out of specific episodes that I make bonus audio out of, or sometimes we just sit down and record some bonus audio if we want to talk about a movie or something that we maybe didn't have time to talk about all we wanted to on the show. Chris has done a bunch of writing that's exclusive to the Patreon, video game reviews. I've done some writing over there on the Patreon, a couple things. You can also get line-stepping privileges for our ongoing listener participation segments, Every Story Ever, and right now, Thursday Night Raw. And uh, there are physical rewards as well. Pretty soon, I'm going to email my old friend at the t-shirt printer. And they're going to print up the 2023 t-shirt. If you can't support us monetarily on Patreon, there are other ways to help us out. You can leave us a five-star review on the podcasting app that you use. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or something else. Or you could just spread the word about the show. Get the word out. Type it up on social media. Let your friends know about it. Or uh, tell your friends in person when you see them about a podcast that you enjoy. Much like Batman 89, who will, it is now back in a movie that I swear to God, if it comes out, I'll give you $50, Matt. That, that thing's never hit in theaters. It's coming out. It will come out. It's, it, no, it's not. It's not. There is so much time between then and now. I don't know if you read uh, that person's Wikipedia page lately, but it's it. Mm, I don't think it's coming out. I don't think it's making it. They advertised it during the Super Bowl. They can advertise it as much as they want, dog. James Gunn seems very enthusiastic about it. It is a Flashpoint movie. I think it's coming out. I, again, I'll, I'll give you $50. Okay. Bet made. With that, Chris, it's time for some checks and wrecks. What do you say? Yeah, let's do it. So come on, Chris, what do you have to check in with this week? That's around your birthday, too. So if I do have to give you $50, that's fine. (laughs) 
I should be like I, a little extra birthday present. It's not going to replace your birthday present. Okay. Okay. I If it doesn't come out, vice versa. We'll make it a real bet. Oh, we're making it a real bet? Because that's how confident I am is that I stand to gain nothing. We'll make it a real bet. Let's make it. Let's actually make it interesting. All right, fifty bucks. Fifty bucks says Flash never hits theaters. I or if it does, Ezra Miller will be digitally replaced by Grant Gustin. Okay, that was not part of the original bet. That is that is that is the only way that it can hit theaters, and I don't have to pay you fifty bucks. All right, if Grant Gustin is digitally inserted into that movie in the place of Ezra Miller, then it's a wash. He's going to be in it in at least one scene. Cause they've already like, they've already, like that scene happened on the flash and they're absolutely going to put that in the movie. But I, I, I hope, I hope his one scene is he's sitting by the grave doing the peace sign <laughs> with the, with the movie logo on there, the, the old flash <laughs> in the grave. The old DCEU Flash. I hope so, too. Uh, Matt, I kind of just want our bet to be the check now. (laughs) Because here's my only other check. Here's what's going on with me this week. Fucking National Adderall shortage, bud. It's killing me. It's still, it continues. Our long national nightmare. Yeah, man. It was like I had, like it was, I was off it, and then I had some, and now I'm off it again. Folks, as you will no doubt be shocked to learn. Uh, your boy, me, uh, was diagnosed with uh, uh, ADHD as an adult, and uh, I take Adderall for it every day. It's one of the handful of pills that keep me alive through science, uh, this shambling mockery of humanity that I have become, and I can't get this drug that makes me concentrate and stay awake and... I have been exhausted and starving for like three weeks. Uh, it sucks. It sucks. So, so what is the problem? The mine where they they mine the Adderall. They can't. They it's it's run dry. The taps run dry. I don't know, man. Like I don't know how they make it. I'm sorry. I have no joke. That was a good. Matt, that was a really good joke. I got no joke for you. It's okay. I, I wasn't expecting. I, I just wanted to make the joke about Adderall being mined. You know, it's honest work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Benito's in Kentucky. Maybe we should ask him if, That's if true. They're, they're digging up all the Adderall down there. It's true. Well, buddy, I'm sorry. I hope that it gets resolved quickly and, uh, and you can get back on on an even keel. I would love that. If if you've been like, hey, Chris has sounded a little weird lately. Well, now you know. Now you know. Friend. Uh, Matt, what's up? What's, also, Matt and I have a $50 bet on whether The Flash will actually come out in movie theaters. <laughs> what are you up to? Well, Chris, this is my third straight week of talking during my check about my Brand new Zoop crowdfunding comics project. Are you talking about Imposter Syndicate? That's right, Imposter Syndicate. I've heard so many. I've heard good things. You hearing the buzz? The campaign will be starting very soon. I am not supposed to give the actual official date of the start of the campaign, but listeners, come close. Get close to your 
speaker or push your headphone into your ear. It's tomorrow. March 14th. Oh, okay. Okay. Like tomorrow as of the release of this episode, not as of this recording. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Yeah. So that's when it's going to be. That's when it's going to start. And uh, there's some stuff for like early bird sales and limited stuff in limited supply, like uh, commissions from Rodrigo and other books and getting drawn into the comic that you have to like be really early to be sure to get. So just between me and you, everybody listening to this, it starts tomorrow, March 14th. That's all. Pi Day. Yeah, it starts on Pi Day. And the third day will be 316. Oh, that's good. And then and then it's Biscuits for, It's a big week, buddy. It's a big week. Eventful week. And, uh, you know, I'm not telling everybody listening to this they have to go back it. But if you like me, and you like other work that I've done in the past, and you want me to be artistically fulfilled, <laughs> this is how you make that happen. This is the comic I've been trying to make for 20 years. This is the comic I went nuts about on the show a few years ago, about how like I've been trying to make it for a very long time. So to, Somebody find out what episode number that is so that we can tag it as our dark time. That, that that was the 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 crucible <laughs> uh but it was that's that's it the the zoop campaign starts shortly if you can't back it monetarily if you don't have the money for it it's the same as with the patreon please share it just let people know about it you know people who like to read comics you know people who back Comics crowdfunding projects online, I'm sure. Let your pals know about uh, this comic book that I'm really proud of. And I cannot wait to see more art from Rodrigo for it. Rodrigo Vargas, the artist who has drawn a good number of pages already. And uh, boy, they look good. So that guy's great. He added jokes that I didn't even have in the script. Yeah, no, Rodrigo's fantastic. So good. Uh, buddy, you might not be telling everyone listening to this that they need to back it. I am. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I, I do appreciate that. And, uh, yeah. Like, that's I, the deal. You at least got to get our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I've been up to, Chris. Let's make some recommendations. What do you have to recommend? Matt? I talked about this last week, but buddy, I know, I know you don't, I know, I know you're like not into dead cells. I know that you and I both had similar frustrations with it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not just dead cells. It's, it's like I said, it's, it's the, the idea of roguelikes in general. It's every roguelike except for Hades. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I even Uh, like kind of gave up on Hades before maybe I should have. I got out of I got out one time. And then I tried again and I failed again and I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Trying, failing, and giving up. 
Yeah. Look, we, we both love it. Um, here's here's what I'll say to you, buddy. You know what really fixed a lot of Dead Souls' problems for me? Please, do other than Castlevania, the ca- no, Castlevania it. of it all? Okay. That's it. Um, playing it like as Alucard <laughs> and and fighting Dracula and death using like the vampire killer whip and and the cross that works like a boomerang. That's what that's what really fixed a lot of the problems for me. The Dead Cells Return to Castlevania DLC is out and I I like that it's called Return to Castlevania because there's no pre there's no prior Castlevania in there, but it's all of us and the people who made that game returning to Castlevania. Here's what I love about it. It's very Symphony of the Night. Uh, Richter, Alucard, and uh, Maria Renard are all in it. Uh, you know who shows up that I wasn't expecting? Hit me. Uh, Shinoa. Okay. From Order of Ecclesia is okay. also in there. And that, that was like just enough of a deep cut that I was like, y'all get it. You get it. Where's Shaft? They got Shaft? They don't have Shaft. Uh, but, you know, the the Dark Priest Shaft? That's right. Yeah. He, he's not in there, I don't think. But Medusa's in it. And I only ran into her once. And there's, there's a bunch of familiar faces in there. Uh, so Dead Souls Return to Castlevania. It... Playing through the game as Alucard is good. It's good. Well, I'm happy to hear that uh, that you're getting a kick out of it. I, you had been missing some Castlevania in your life, and and finally you have it back. And uh, I couldn't be happy happier for you in that regard. It's all I want. It's the only thing I want with this fucking Adderall shortage. Uh huh. <laughs> Just let me fight Dracula. <laughs> Just give me a new thing where I fight Dracula, please. Thank you. Matt, what do you have to recommend to the people? Well, your recommendation was somewhat similar to last week's, and mine is as well, because I'm going to be recommending another YouTube channel that people can go watch videos on. But it is somewhat different from the YouTube channel I recommended last week. Last week's YouTube channel was about music, this week's YouTube channel is about design. I think people who listen to this show with any regularity know that you and me, Chris, are both amateur design nerds, right? We, like, we definitely like graphic design. It, like, I got very excited when Target redid their Market Pantry products. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that's the kind of people we are. Yeah, I like a good logo. I like to see something that is compelling and cool and is pleasing to the eye. And I like to think that I have a pretty okay eye for design, even though I don't have any training. And so I started watching these videos um, by this designer. He's a graphic designer. His name's Linus Bowman, and that's the name of his channel. It's just his name, Linus Bowman. and he really like just digs deep into these like interesting topics about graphic design. He has this one set of videos that are just all about designs for like comedy club logos. 
because he lives in London and he has helped create this sort of like comedy stand-up comedy community in London and he he designed the logo for that community so then he started like digging deeper into the design of comedy club logos he has another video that's all about the font that you always see in the US on Chinese restaurants and on Chinese restaurant menus that is a hundred percent an American made font that doesn't look like Chinese characters at all, actually. <laughs> right. And he like talks to native Chinese speakers about how like confusing that font looks to them and uh, how the font originated and all of that stuff. He goes through and like ranks fonts for like, uh, like state governments and stuff in, in the UK and Australia he has a whole video about papyrus and how that font came to be. He has several videos about Wes Anderson and typography and uh, fonts on screen over time. I, I, I've just gotten, gotten a kick out of watching his videos. So if you're into that kind of thing, like I am, that sort of like typographical design stuff and you kind of are like a amateur design buff like I am. Uh, it's a cool channel to check out. Uh, so that's my rec, Linus Bowman's YouTube channel. Chris, those are our checks and recs. So let's talk about some comics that came out this week. Let's do it. Chris, I want to talk about three Marvel comics. I know you had a busy day today, so... You That's weren't right. able uh, Adderall shortage. You weren't able to read <laughs> these, uh, but I think Adderall shortage kept me from reading them. But you know who did read them? That's right, the Grass Man, Matt Wilson. <laughs> yeah, t- t- you, you need the Adderall, and I've got my own medication, which I never actually use. These three Marvel comics, though, Chris, you should read all three. Okay. Uh, first up, Fantastic Four number five. I think we've talked about. Almost every issue of this Fantastic Four series so far. I wasn't necessarily going to talk about this one. uh, Written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Fiorelli. But it does that Ryan North shit that's so good. That I can't can't get, get past it and I have to talk about it. So what happens in this issue is the Fantastic Four are driving along on the freeway in uh, in separate cars, by the way. Ben and Alicia are in one car, and Johnny, Sue, and Reed are in the Fantastic Car. And they are confronted on the interstate by uh, Nicholas Scratch and Salem Seven, who uh, we are reminded... Got, got banished to another dimension at one point. And Nicholas Scratch, in attacking the Fantastic Four, sort of like distorts them using magic for a moment. And then he just pieces out. Like he doesn't hurt them exactly. And he doesn't seem to do them any immediate harm. But 
he clearly has done something to them, but they don't know what. Then they stop and eat at a fast food restaurant, and all four members of the Fantastic Four realize they can't digest food. Okay. They, they all have to go like make an emergency run to the bathroom as soon as they try to eat because what they discover is their DNA and RNA has been mirrored within their bodies. Okay. And Ryan North does some real Ryan North science comic stuff about how the molecules in our bodies are built to be either left-handed like amino acids or right-handed like DNA. And they can't be flipped or they won't work anymore. They won't work properly anymore. So the fantastic fours have been the, the, the cells that were left-handed are now right-handed and the cells that were left right-handed are now left-handed. Okay. So they can't, they can't digest food anymore. So essentially they've been cursed to starve to death. Right. Uh, They can still breathe air, but they can't, eat so they have to go to the dark dimension to try to reverse their dna back and the the art by uh ivan fiorelli is great there's like the way their bodies get distorted or the way that reed like stretches himself out in so many different ways in the dark dimension to try to solve their problem is so good and then the cliffhanger in this issue is utterly fantastic and like what's great about this ryan north run on fantastic four is that it is very 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 much fantastic four comics and feels fantastic four ish while having a completely like different tone and sensibility that than i can remember the fantastic four ever having before Mm -hmm. it's great I yeah. I really really love it. Speaking of that same thing, Amazing Spider-Man number 21 is the return of Zeb Wells to the book after a couple fill-in issues by Joe Kelly. And right here on the cover we we see this is it, the story arc you've been waiting for. So, this is where we get the answer to what Peter did to make everybody in his life mad at him and <laughs> yeah i mean i've read i've read spider-man comics over the past 50 years yeah uh but specifically to make mary jane go like get engaged to a guy with kids right and th- this is Zeb wells making such a fucking deep pull dude okay so, as it turns out, I, I had not read the last issue of the Nick Spencer run. Mm-hmm. So, when I saw the box that said, remember this happening in ASM 894? I had to go back and look at that. And what we're seeing in that moment absolutely did. And then later in a text box, 
we get a reminder of a story that happened back in Amazing Spider-Man numbers 555 to 557. <laughs> okay. That's, that's during Bat Brand New Day. Oh, boy. And it was a Zeb Wells written issue uh, with art by uh, Chris Pachalo which was the introduction of a character named Dr. Benjamin Rabin, who was studying Mayan rituals and had developed a computer that used ancient Mayan symbols instead of ones and zeros. Oh, I kind of remember that. Yeah. It, it turned him into like a weird bird man, ultimately. Yeah, that and it, I mean, that happens a lot. Yeah. And uh, he, he made a snowstorm happen like during the summer. And Doctor Strange had to get involved, and all of that kind of stuff. Well, that guy's back. <laughs> oh man, that guy's back! Great, that guy's he's back. Getting over. He's looking for revenge on Spider-Man, and so he's shown up in New York City, uh, and essentially puts a curse on both Spider-Man and Mary Jane. And uh, they end up in a place at the end of this issue that uh, they don't expect to be, for sure. Uh, and uh, like this is all happening in flashback, so this is one year before, like the current events of the book. So we're getting to, like, what Peter did to get out of this situation that Raven created. That then led to all of these, like all of these later consequences. John Romita Jr. is back on the art; it looks great. Like Wells is so good at writing this book. I, you know, it's I can't say enough good things about this run on Amazing Spider-Man. It's it's my fave in uh, in quite a while. It's it's wild that Zeb Wells is trying to get this guy over again, though. I'm excited about him. Yeah. Yeah. I love a guy who, yeah, I kind of remember that. I love that. I kind of remember that character from how many years ago? 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, man. Brand New Day, like, Brand New Day had the Obama story in it, right? It did, yeah. Yeah. So almost exactly 15 years ago. I... Let me let me see when Amazing Spider-Man 555 came out. 2008. Yep. 15 years ago. Wow. Finally, the winner of this week's Texter's Choice Award is Avengers number 66. Because Chris, I had to text you, yo, Avengers number 66 is the shit. Yeah, which I was really excited about it. Because like I've been enjoying this Avengers run quite a bit it's I mean, like it is if you put grant morrison jla in a particle in a particle accelerator what would come out is the jonathan hickman run and the jason aaron run yeah you ain't kidding i so i feel like the last several issues of this Jason Aaron Avengers stuff has kind of been all just like into the story action punch em up stuff. 
mm-hmm. like superhero movie third act problems where it just becomes like a big a big CGI everybody punching each other situation. And and this issue continues the fight, but it adds in some new shit that's good as hell. So first off we see like Mephisto fighting all of the other Mephistos in the big like Council of Mephistos mm-hmm. and and sort of the resolution of some of that stuff. And then we head over to the Avengers like trying their best to fight off the multiversal masters of evil. Avenger Prime Loki is really trying his hardest to take on Prime Doom. And then some new Avengers start showing up because Avenger Prime is like, there's more Avengers on the way. And they get more and more amazing as they go. There's the Kazar who has the power cosmic. Okay. (laughs) There's the return of Gorilla Man and Major Ursa. There's a Deathlock who is a Celestial. Uh, like, okay, hang okay, is he, like, big? He's, like, big. Okay, I'm, I love that. I love his, that for him. His design is, like, half Celestial, half Deathlock. It fucking rules. That sounds amazing. But my favorite one is they specifically need someone to take on Ego, right? Right, D- Doom the Living Planet, yeah. Doom the Living Planet, yeah. And so they're like, so yeah, we got, we recruited someone to be a temporary Avenger, and then fucking Galactus shows up <laughs> on the good guy's side. And, uh, and he's like, yeah, somebody promised me a good meal. And boy, I, I popped. It rules. Like, the, the escalation... Of this issue, in in the words of friend of the show John Darnell, "Fire up the grill, everybody eats tonight." <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Uh, those are three good ass Marvel comics, and we're going to talk about some more good ass Marvel comics. <laughs> we're going to talk about some more Marvel comics. I I I actually going to say. Fighting Chance, there was a moment reading these issues where I was like, is Fighting Chance good? We'll answer that question as we take on the next set of Goonies. Let's do it. Captain America number 426 is book two of Fighting Chance. Matt, I'm going to tell you what I told everybody when I read this comic. Please. Comics started getting bad when people stopped saying shit like, you're in the the gravity-bending grip of the mighty meteorite, buffoon! Comics have never been good since people stopped talking like that. Comics are only good when people talk like that. The blurb on the cover of issue 426 is, Cap is in the struggle for his life, yet it might cost him his life. Don't miss the most crucial storyline in Cap's history. 
which I'm going to tell you, it oversells this issue a little bit. Also, uh, the cover is just Cap, like, running at some dudes and knocking them over. And if you ever wanted to see the spit in Captain America's mouth, have I got the cover for you? Okay, here's the thing, though. It's not mentioned on the cover, and I feel like it should be. This isn't Cap. This is the fake Cap. This is the imposter Cap, yeah. Yeah. Who is Super Patriot, who has another identity. Right, so so you're not actually seeing the spit in Captain America's mouth. You're seeing the spit in Super Patriot's mouth. We find out who this is, and boy, you want to talk about a poll? <laughs> Buddy. The actual title of this issue is Graven Images, and it kicks off in a cemetery near Pauling, New York, where all the credits are on gravestones, and that's fantastic. Tom DeFalco is editor in grief. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I like that Ralph Macchio, group editor, is <laughs> left justified uh, so that we can see it from this particular angle. <laughs> That's how I want my tombstone to be. The Super Patriot and his still, as of yet, unnamed com- companion, who we will find out is Dead Ringer. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> He, he His name is given in this run of issues as Dead Ringer. Uh, they're digging up the grave of Roland Burroughs. This is Death Adder? They're digging up Death Adder so that Dead Ringer can impersonate him. And we find out that in order to take on the physical appearance of someone, Dead Ringer has to touch their body. Their dead body. So that's why they're digging up Death Adder. And, uh, boy, that's pretty weird. Here's what I don't get about Dead Ringer. Because this is a great power. And later on in the run, someone's going to be like, hey, how do you do that? And he's like, I don't know, I guess I'm a fucking mutant. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so good. Later on, he has to touch a dead body. And then he becomes that person with their powers and their abilities. It's a great idea that only Mark Grunewald could do, because he was literally the guy keeping track of who was dead. Like, yes. Th- it, no one else could do this and pull this off, I think. But, like, later on, he becomes a dude whose power is, n- n- like... That he owned a hang glider, which is a power anybody could have with, you know, I don't know. How much is a hang glider? A couple grand? Anybody can have that power. But, like, he doesn't, like, he not only takes his, like, appearance as a supervillain, he also gets his hang glider? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a lot of questions that I'm sure Mark Grunewald could answer about this dude. About Dead Lou, Dead Ringer, and how his powers work. Yeah, because when he takes on Death Adder's appearance here, he gets Death Adder's costume, and also he can't talk because Death Adder couldn't talk. Yeah. So I don't know, man. It's wild. It's it's wild. I love Dead Ringer, though. What a, like that's what we're talking about when we talk about new guys dropping. 
There's some Mark Grunewald ass guys. Cut to Rockatansky and Company costume shop where Diamondback is training, but Captain America is not because Cap still can't exert himself for fear of going into paralysis. And Diamondback is is like, too bad you can't do this. You spent a bunch of money on this equipment and you can't do it, but I can. And then she starts talking. Like, I feel like this is Grudewald trying to slip some stuff through. Because she starts talking like kind of half dirty to Captain America. But in, but it's like sort of covered up. The line is, I say you should swallow your pride and tell the doc to recruit every medhead from here to Seattle for a cure to your super soldier serum degeneration. You do want to lick the problem, don't you? Yeah, swallow and lick are both in bold. Yeah. I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. Uh, She helps Captain America stretch. Fabian shows up, and he's like, all my equipment is still at Avengers Mansion. I need it back. And Captain America gives some reason as to why they can't get the equipment. And so, and he's like, why don't you go check out the hotline? And Fabian's like, that's like asking Mozart to write a jingle. All right, Fabian. That dialogue is also in a smaller, is lettered smaller, which I feel like is, Dave Hoover drew that that panel really small, and Mark Grimmel was like, I'm not cutting any dialogue. (laughs) You figure it out. You figure it out, Joe Rosen. Then in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, we see Super Patriot getting dressed in his imposter Captain America costume. He's talking with Lou, Dead Ringer. And we can tell that Dead Ringer kind of wants to be friends. And Super Patriot's like, no, you don't need to know anything about me. This is a purely business relationship. Uh, Hey, do you have a high flyer in your repertoire? And that's when he busts out the night flyer, who is just a guy with a hang glider. Yeah. A guy that is a Kirby character, because we get a footnote explaining who this dude is. And he's just a dude with a hang glider. Yep. I don't know, man. Like, like if if Rogue, if Rogue touches me, Rogue does not then own a Nintendo Switch. <laughs> you know? Like, Rogue would be able, like, to have my memories of Castlevania Symphony Night, but she would not be able to, she would not own my copies of it. It is a strange situation, for certain. Steve Rogers, Captain America, goes and visits Sam Wilson at his office in Harlem, and uh, Sam's like, hey, Sorry I uh, talked shit about your girlfriend (laughs) last time we saw each other. There's an impersonator, Captain America. I'll make sure he gets taken care of. Just then, the impersonator, Captain America, is attacking a truck on the Cross Bronx Expressway. 
and uh, beating up some cops and trying to be super visible while doing it to well, continue but, to smear Captain America. I don't know. if th- These aren't. Look, you're making him sound like a pretty good guy. But these aren't cops. These are just armored car guys. Yeah, they're like security guys. You're right. Yeah. Uh, but whatever the, whatever the case, he's trying to make Captain America look bad still. As he and Dead Ringer are trying to get away, they're attacked by some members of the Mutant Liberation Front, which they say is the MLF, which is very funny. The MILFs, yeah. Yeah. They ride around on a meteorite. Well, because the, because one of them is, is, is meteorite. Yeah. It's... Such a weird thing to just see out of nowhere, though. It is weird that there's, like, three dudes just, like, standing on a meteorite riding around. Like, only one of them is meteorite. (laughs) Yes. My favorite thing about this whole thing is uh, Super Patriot's reaction to it was, like, who are these guys, the (laughs) (laughs) X-Men? Yeah, I think they're the X-Men. Look at how they're dressed, which is nonsense. What are you talking about? I mean, they kind of have like they kind of have Cyclops visors. Kind of, yeah, that's, that's fair. And they're, and they're mutants. And honestly, they they've got like the weird cable uh, ammo vest that Cap will also get. That's true. They end up having to fight these mutant liberation front guys, and. There's not much that uh, Hang Glider dude can do. <laughs> so Dead Ringer he, ends up... Because he also has a gun. Which... Yeah. <laughs> Nightflyer's superpower is that he owns two things, a Hang Glider and a fucking gun. So Dead Ringer ends up turning into Death Adder instead and fighting off the MLF dudes. That's when... A bunch of dudes from Code Blue, the New York Police Department's special SWAT team for superhuman menaces, shows up. And they're like, hey, what's going on here? We'll take care of these mutant liberation front guys. But, Cap, we got word that you uh, robbed an armored car. And Cap, the fake Cap, uh, Super Patriot, has to be like, oh, they made me do that. And the cops like are like, oh, well, okay. Need a ride back to the city? And Super Patriot is like, well, shit. My smear campaign didn't work that time. Meanwhile, uh, as, as all of that is going on, uh, Bernie Rosenthal shows up at Cap's new headquarters. And she's like, hey, is Cap here? And she's talking to Diamondback, who says... Uh, no, but I'll tell him you came. And Bernie hands Diamondback her card, saying that she's an attorney. And so Diamondback's like, hey, uh, I might need an attorney. Can you help me out? I might need an attorney. I did some uh, light murder. <laughs> That's right. In a Caribbean island uh, owned by a terrorist organization. Also, while Steve Rogers and Falcon have lunch at a diner, they get word about the imposter cap... Uh, trying to rob that armored car, and they get there too late, and don't uh, don't really see any action with Super Patriot. 
Uh, but Falcon is colored to be a white guy on the last yeah, page. That's pretty weird. That, that's some bad. That's some bad coloring. Yeah. Uh, Russo's Captain America number four twenty seven Fighting Chance book three has a cover that is fucking rad. It's Captain America on a motorcycle riding through a burning building while Quicksilver, Super Patriot, and Diamondback look on. Uh, th- this cover absolutely rules. Yeah, except for the logo, uh, which, even if you like that logo, the oval behind it is bad. Also, it's too big. Captain, too big. The, the, the form of Captain America is covering up half of it. Yeah. And it's like it's, low on the, it's like low on the cover too, it feels like. It's 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 not good. Yeah, it's bad. It's not the good. blurb. The blurb on this issue is the man impersonating Cap has gone too far. The real Cap is ready to stop the madness, but will he harm himself in the process? So this issue opens with us figuring out, like like really learning what the next phase of Super Patriot's plan is, and that's that he's going to get Dead Ringer to pretend to be supervillains. And fight them, but do a worse job than Captain America normally would. I mean, that's been happening since the beginning. When Yeah, but like, last issue he was like, I'm gonna rob this armored car. Yeah. And then he had to backpedal on that because Lieutenant Stone and Code Blue showed up. But the very first time he showed up anywhere, Dead Ringer was impersonating Porcupine and... They basically attacked an entire political fundraiser. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I don't get why his plan is, I'm just going to make people think Cap is still fighting bad guys, but just bad at it. The The, the idea seems to be, I think, that he's going to imply that Cap is reckless. So, like, the first image of this issue is... Captain America fighting against Salar and the headline is Cap out of control and we see the real Captain America like looking at this newspaper article about it and he's like that's not me he's still dragging my name through the mud and then we see Captain America and Cheetah Dead Ringer posing as Cheetah fighting through a fast food restaurant doing a bunch of collateral damage. And then this employee of the fast food restaurant, who is like a teen with a backwards baseball cap. This is the, this honestly, this is some of the raw shit that's ever happened. The teen throws like a pot of some kind of hot substance on to dead ringer. Who is cheetah. It's a giant stock pot, but this is like, a fast food restaurant. So yeah. I'm assuming this is like oil. This is like frying oil. That's what you would assume. Yeah. It's on panel. It's pink. So I don't, I don't know what it is, but yeah. it burns dead ringer pretty bad. And captain America or the fake captain America, super Patriot grabs this kid by the lapel and says, what the fuck did you do? You little shit. And, the cuss words, instead of being like, 
ampersand pound sign dollar sign they're just like scribbles and i kind of love that for like censored cursing in a comic i i appreciate that lettering choice it's, i see i don't like it what do you not like about it i don't know like i i uh i don't know if those have an actual name me and chad uh chad bowers who i used to write comics with we always call them zagnuts because <laughs> they're not quite wingdings they're not quite i guess dingbats is the actual uh name but like i would rather have those just because like that's the language of comics the like the little scribbles i think is really distracting for me I think it makes it look more because it's coming out of Captain America's mouth. It makes it look more like you don't even understand what he's saying. It's like, I can't believe Captain America would say this. Whereas I think the dingbats can be a little bit, can just come off as silly sometimes, but nonetheless, Captain America ends up cursing at the kid and running off behind Dead Ringer. I kind of feel like that's the way Cap would actually react if he was fighting a supervillain and somebody fucking dumped deep fryer oil on him. Because <laughs> Dead Ringer's like, ah, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, whoa, 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 we were doing a thing here, man. <laughs> the the way that uh, Super Patriot put is it, puts it is, save the fighting to the professionals, hear me? Which... You know, fair. At Bernie's office, Diamondback explains the whole situation where she maybe probably murdered Snapdragon. And Bernie's like, okay, well, where did this happen? And Diamondback's like, "Uh, of course, AIM Island. And Bernie's like, I don't even know what their laws are. And she's like, well, were there any, any extenuating circumstances? And Diamondback's like, well, I was hopped up on Super Soldier Serum, and I had been kidnapped for a month, so maybe. So Bernie's trying to like develop a, a defense here, and that's when a dude comes bursting in, a dude named Sammy, who we will discover is Bernie's ex-husband, who's essentially saying like, I need you back, Burn. Give me another chance. And but he's being extremely aggressive about it. And Bernie makes him leave. And Diamond's back's like, if you need some help with that guy, let me know. But then Captain America calls Quicksilver and says, uh, "Hey, I mean, need a favor uh, dealing with an enemy. Can you help?" And Quicksilver says, like, yeah, give me a second to think about it. And then he's there, like, instantly. And Captain America explains to Quicksilver everything that's going on with Super Patriot. Impersonating him. Then we cut to Super Patriot walking in to Lou, who is on a bed in the guise of Blue Streak, trying to heal the burns on his back. Just, like, laying in bed in a full supervillain costume is very funny. Yeah. And Lou's like, 
So, uh, so what's going on with you? They're super patriot, and super patriot's like I ran into somebody I used to know, and it kind of opened old wounds. And Dead Ringer's like a woman, and Super Patriot's like shut up, <laughs> because it is beyond obvious that this is Bernie's ex husband. Yeah, yeah. Who is Can super we talk patriot. about Bernie's haircut? Did we like I spaced out for a second? Did you talk about Bernie's wild ass new haircut? Is it a wild haircut or is it just like a big ponytail? I mean, it's a high ponytail, but it it looks it looks like it. It's wild. Like everyone should go look at this issue of comics. We've got some good Diamondback hair uh, in this, but Bernie's wild high pony with this giant belt—that's a belt. <laughs> yeah, it is. The fashion in this issue is is something else. Like what Diamondback is wearing is also like it's like Dave Hoover trying to do some kind of high fashion thing. And it's very 1994 in its uh, presentation. I did really like Diamondback's list of extenuating circumstances was extremely good. (laughs) Yes, for sure. Uh, So we get, we see Bernie walking home. Diamondback shows up quickly and she's like, Hey, I got a bad feeling from that guy, so I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you home and make sure you're okay. And that is when they are grabbed by Blackout, who is once again Dead Ringer in disguise, who puts them in like his black square or cube that he captures people in and takes them back to a warehouse in Brooklyn where they're going to get be held for a while but Dead Ringer wasn't expecting Diamondback to be there he was just expecting Bernie so he doesn't actually know who Diamondback is he thinks it's just some woman like a friend of Bernie's so Diamondback gets the opportunity to go into the bathroom like she begs to be able to go to the bathroom and she comes bursting out of the bathroom in costume and incapacitates Dead Ringer pretty quick. Super Patriot is in the other room like, oh shit, I can't let them know I'm Super Patriot and that we're working together. What the fuck do I do? That's when Quicksilver shows up and really lays out Dead Ringer. Finally... Dead Ringer has to change into someone else, Blue Streak, and leave. He's just like, the fuck out of there. <laughs> uh, and that's when Super Patriot comes in and he's like, what's going on here? I, 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 I just showed up. I was in the neighborhood and I came to help. And Diamondback goes, no, you're not. You're the guy who's been impersonating Captain America. You have Captain America's shield, a replica of Captain America's shield. You're holding it right now. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Perfect comics. And that's when Super Patriot's like, well, fuck. And he hits Diamondback. Uh, and that's when Captain America comes roaring in on his motorcycle. Like he bursts through the wall on his motorcycle. And fights Super Patriot, who just starts shooting at him wildly. 
the building catches on fire. Super Patriot gets caught under a beam that breaks on the ceiling and falls on him. And Captain America has to be like, okay, I can't just let this guy die. He's like a bad guy, but I have to save him. So he overexerts himself to pull the beam off of Super Patriot. And he has only just barely saved himself by Quicksilver. They don't know if at the end of this is Super Patriot, if Super Patriot is alive or dead. Blue Streak is outside in a in the fucking fetal position. <laughs> and Captain America's like kicking himself because he couldn't save himself. He had to be saved by Quicksilver. This issue in particular reminded me so much of the early issues in yes. this run of Captain America. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Like going back to the original Super Patriot stuff where it was John Walker, like it reminds me of those issues a bunch. I liked that one quite a bit. Just the stuff where Diamondback was like, okay, you don't have to lie to us. You have a version of Captain America's shield. I know what you are. <laughs> so good. Captain America number 428 has a new character holding Captain America under his boot. He's got like a mask covering his whole face. This is Americop. This is Fighting Chance Book 4, and the blurb is, The Sentinel of Liberty, crushed by Americop. Chris, do you want to guess how many appearances in Marvel Comics Americop has had? <laughs> uh, let's see. Five. Yeah, you're exactly right. Five. Yeah. Are they all in the pages of Fighting Chance? Three of them are. And we read all three in this run of Groonies. He's in Thunderbolt's Desperate Measures, Volume 1, Number 1. And he's in Captain America the Legend. In an issue of Captain America Sam Wilson in August 2016, Americop is mentioned, and the mention of him is that he is dead. Hey, what's up with America? Oh, he fucking died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember that guy who was in comics 30 years ago, 20-some years ago? Yeah, he's dead now. I'm going to say this, and I need I need you to bear with me, folks. I like Americop. Well, Americop is just like a clear satire of super tough cop characters. A group that also includes RoboCop. Yeah. And Judge Dredd. And Judge Dredd. Yeah, he's like a parody of Judge Dredd if you didn't know Judge Dredd was also a parody. <laughs> But, like, I really like his design. I think the costume is, like, really, really cool. It's, like, I mean, he is a, he is what he is, which is a super fascist, right? Yeah. I love the old-style, like, double-breasted, uh, you know, police uh, uniform. I love his, his bananas, boots, and, and gloves. His weird little, uh mirror mask that he wears and his dumb little hat that I think is a taser. And I also love that he's like, that like Mark Grunewald 
Mark Grimald goes on a little tear of, hey, fuck cops, actually, <laughs> in this little bit. Yeah. Like, we get AmeriCop, we get uh, fucking Buford T. Justice showing up, and we get, like, uh, a bit in, not in this issue, but soon, where Diamondback is like, man, the justice system's fucked up. And Bernie's like, yeah, I know, dude. The three vigilantes from the Ennis Dillon Marvel Knights Punisher, there was the Holy, there was the Elite, and who was the other guy? Mr. Payback. Mr. Payback. I feel like, I, I don't know if it's true at all, but there's so much of those characters in the character, these characters that are popping up now in these Grunwald Captain America comics. Like, Elite had that full face mask just like America Cop does here. Mm-hmm. You know? I think the, my favorite thing about America and his design is that Hoover, at least, is making him such a Judge Dredd that later, when we get his entire origin, we still don't see his face, even though we get his full name. <laughs> his full government Christian name. He's a very similar character to the the guy we got a couple of issues ago, whose name I have already forgotten. <laughs> the guy in the purple costume, who had the fucking like monocle-looking thing. Oh yeah, I do not remember that dude's name. He he was so forgettable, I have already forgotten him. <laughs> there are perhaps too many guys. There are a lot of new guys dropping. And and there will even after we finish this, there will be more new guys dropping uh to come. But yeah, there's there's a theme I feel like of these new characters where it's like it's like Grunwald giving us the potential superhero replacements for Captain America, and these are his arguments as to why they are bad choices. Yeah, yeah. It, it Americop in particular is like in the way that Jean Paul Valley as Batman is Denny O'Neill being like, "Well, here's everything you said you wanted about Batman. He kills people. He's got a cool new costume." Uh, he's got claws like Wolverine. Oh, it's not. It's not good. It's not good like you wanted it to be, huh? Weird. W- weird how that happened. Like yeah. I do feel like you're onto something. Where, you know, somebody called Captain America Americop or something, and Grumov was like, "Well, let's see. Let's see how it goes." Blistic was that other guy's name. Yeah, that's right. He had that dumb name. Yeah, Blistic. Uh, anyway. This issue uh, kicks off with Americop in his like fucking jacked up monster truck <laughs> that he drives around with police lights on it, uh, chasing some guys who did a kidnapping. And they're like, shit, it's the cops. We got to get out of here. And so they shoot Americop in the face. Which does not actually hurt him. And he then destroys their car and kills them. Uh, he says, uh, you have the right to remain silent forever. Yeah, that rules. Uh, I don't like that this motherfucker drives like an F-350. 
<laughs> yes. He's just got a giant fucking pickup truck that he drives. Yeah, but it's got like big, big tires. Like it's like it's like one of those like souped up trucks you see rolling coal. Yeah. Yeah. The title of this issue is Policing the Nation, and on the title page, I don't know if this is intentional or not. I don't know if this is meaningful or not, but Americop's foot is covering up Mark Grunewald's full name. Yeah, I noticed that when I read it. I I was wondering why. Yeah. Because, like, as a design choice, it's the right choice because, like, you don't want this character obscured on this splash page. Uh, even you know just the bottom of his foot, like it would be. It's interesting that this is, this one's by Mark Groon. I feel like you could read some kind of meaning or symbolism into that, but I don't know quite what it is. Dead Ringer got captured at the end of last issue. We saw him in the fetal position, and Captain America and Diamondback have taken him to the cops uh, in Manhattan. And this is where he's like, look, I don't know how I do what I do. I guess I'm just a fucking mutant. <laughs> mutant, guys, I don't know. In the last issue, or maybe in the first issue that we read, uh, Super Patriot's like, hey, so, like, who's the first person you did this with? Like, what Like, what was the first time that you found out you could touch a dead person and become them? Like, how did that happen? Which is a very good question, because I feel like that's a mutant power that I wouldn't know I had. If I had it, because uh-huh. I've gone, I've gone forty years and not touched any dead bodies. God willing, in the creek don't rise. Dead ringer goes. Oh, it was my cat, <laughs> which is like a very reasonable answer to that question. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, that tells a story. The cop asked Dead Ringer to demonstrate his powers, but don't do anything funny. And then he transforms into Snapdragon, and Diamondback is watching this happen, and she flips and just bursts into the room and says, where did you find the body that you're imitating? You gotta tell me what's going on. And Dead Ringer's like, what does it matter? I mean, if it does, New Orleans. And Diamondback's like, that's where I'm going. I'm I'm going to New Orleans right now to find out if Snapdragon is really dead. So that's that's where we leave that. We get a little more Americop here. He goes into a diner. He notices that there's like suspicious stuff happening in the back. So he uh, beats Americop up. also narrates all of his actions. Yes. And at first I was like, oh, is this like a Punisher war journal sort of thing? But he's narrating it in the style of police report. Which, given the the era of this, of, of 1994, and what I was doing in 1994, was staying up late and watching Dragnet on Nick at Night, it's fucking Dragnet. He's doing Dragnet. <laughs> He's doing Dragnet. Which is yeah. very funny. It also feels a little Robocop-y. Like, there's a lot of Robocop in... There's a lot of Robocop in America. Yeah, I don't think that's... You know, Deathlock was originally a Robocop pitch. Like, that makes I'm sense. Deathlock. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he beats up these criminals that are in the back of the diner, and then he asks their hostages if they've seen the kids that he has photos of, because we will find that he's trying to find a like child kidnapping ring and shut it down. 
Uh, Captain America goes back to the warehouse from the last issue and asks if anybody has found the body of Super Patriot there. Uh, they have not. Then at the costume shop, he talks to Arnie Roth for a little while before there's been a there's a sighting of a blue and white blue white and red clad figure killing three gunmen at a diner in Virginia. So Captain America hops on a sky cycle sort of thing and takes off. Diamondback goes to a bar in Louisiana and starts asking around about uh, Shiok Sonata, a.k.a. Snapdragon. The bartender calls somebody and is like, somebody's asking about Snapdragon. Then America uh, gets into like an arms dealing situation. He finds some arms dealers like making a big trade. So he just steps in and starts shooting the shit out of every single one of those dudes. <laughs> I the, this is this is the one thing that I feel like is it doesn't quite hold up as much because like. Americop is obviously, he's a fucking cop. He's, like, ultra-conservative. This is, like, the one part where he's like, there's too many guns. <laughs> well, t- political alignments were slightly different in the, uh, in the 90s. It's true. 90s. Look, it's true. Uh, he also says the nation's prisons are already overburdened with criminal vermin. Therefore, in the best interests of the taxpayers, I sentence you all to death. And so he shoot these guys. Captain America stops him, and he's like, "Who gave you the authority to do this?" And America's like, "I don't have to tell you shit. I'm a <laughs> duly deputized officer of the law." And uh, America essentially just says, "I don't have time for this." And he tries to leave, and he goes, "If I see you again, I'm going to shoot you." Because you obstructed justice by trying to stop me. My absolute favorite thing about this. Captain America sees this dude who's like fully dressed like Judge Dredd. With a mirrored black mask on. Uh And goes, a police officer? (laughs) (laughs) Which, given the world that he lives in, not, not an entirely wild assumption, but also, come on. and. Uh, then fucking Americop goes, I call myself Americop. I'm the nation's number one policeman in the criminal's worst nightmare. And you? And Captain America goes, I'm Captain America. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one should be asking Captain America, who are you? Well, it's it's like Americop and uh, Blistic just were created yesterday out of thin air, right? <laughs> they both don't... Neither one of them acts like human beings, and they don't seem to actually exist in this world. They seem to have come from other worlds. You know what I mean? Like, they don't fit. And that's the point of them. But it, it's also weird for them to actually exist within the story. Oh, also... Diamondback is in New Orleans with uh, Moonhunter. They they went to New Orleans together. Yeah, Cap's like, well, at least I convinced her to take Moonhunter with her. Yeah. 
so they get approached by this woman who looks like the glamour shot of a lady from a Leisure Suit Larry game. Her name's Angela Golden. And she's like, I heard you were asking about Snapdragon. Why don't you come with me? And I'll give you some information about her. So they get in her limo and, of course, are immediately attacked with gas. Yeah. She also says that uh, she knows uh, everybody who's anybody here in New Orleans. <laughs> Diamondback does manage to get some good hits in on Angela. Uh, she kicks but, her in the fucking face and then punches her until she is unconscious. Yes. Uh, but they are knocked out. But they are knocked out by the gas and uh, taken to a mansion in New Orleans uh, where we will learn next issue uh, what what is happening. So on to the next issue. Captain America number 429 in which Captain America is being held in a chokehold by Kono the Sumo. Something that does not happen in this issue. <laughs> uh, the blurb is Americop, Kono the Sumo, a few reasons why Cap has gone down the beaten path. Uh, Kono the Sumo is also fully fucking naked on this cover from all we can tell except for little, little shoes. Or little flip-flops and bracelets. Yeah. Does not happen. That This does not occur <laughs> in this issue. Correct. The, the title of the issue is, in fact, The Beaten Path. And this is what you were talking about, Chris, where it's fucking, yeah, like, country sheriff interrogating Captain America, who's like, you might think we're a bunch of back backwards hicks, but we're we know what we're talking about. That costume doesn't make you Captain America any more than this mustache makes me Burt Reynolds. Interesting, interesting pull for him. For a guy who was wrong to look exactly like Buford T. Justice. But essentially, Captain America has to ask for a phone call and call Peggy Carter to be like, Hey, can you tell the president to call this podunk police station to tell them to let me out of here? Which ends up happening. Pretty astonishingly great power move. <laughs> Americop, during all of this, is getting involved in a conflict outside of a video store where two dudes have rented a bunch of movies, including The Crying Game. Yeah, I... Folks... I'm gonna need somebody to write in and tell me if this is homophobic. Yeah, I don't. I sincerely don't know. I took a screenshot of this panel where the guys are walking out of the video store, and one is saying, "Which one you want to watch first? And the other guy is saying, "The Crying Game, of course." And I don't know if that is a dated reference or a dated reference. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because then, like, a bunch of dudes look at their videos, and they're like, oh, you two must be gay, and then they beat them up. And we don't, like, they could just be two dudes who are really excited about watching The Crying Game, I guess. Yeah, Oscar nominated. Yeah. But what, and they're also, they like, like, they're dressed, they are not drawn in any way stereotypical. Yeah. They're just wearing, like, regular clothes. One is wearing, like, a sports jersey. 
Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. Like, the the other guys who beat them up don't exactly say gay, but they do say that the videos are about fancy men. Mm-hmm. And they call them pansy pantses. Yeah, and Americop does refer to it as a hate crime. Also, this this isn't the direction I'd go in with, with Americop today, because I'm kind of on his side on this. Uh, in this particular situation? Yeah. yeah. I don't he, know, man. The, does... the, the gunrunners who are putting illegal firearms on the streets of, uh, of the United States, and these these homophobes who are starting shit? I don't know, man. I don't know. America well, makes some good points. It's it's not it's his methods more than his morality, right? Because well, this is the one that was like that really got me because he does not kill these dudes. Instead, no, he's, he's like, "Yeah, uh, I'm going to make sure that everybody can uh, get out of your way uh, in the future because uh, it's going to be really hard for y'all to fucking run with uh, artificial kneecaps and fucking kneecaps everybody." And I'm like, damn, that is brutal. He shoots their kneecaps off. Yeah. That is brutal, indeed. In New Orleans, Moon Hunter and Diamondback wake up chained up in a cage. Diamondback's shirt is ripped down the middle, because of course it is. And uh, they are awoken by the dude from the cover, uh, Kono the sumo, but he's not nude like he is on the cover. He's wearing a suit. And he's saying, You're you've been asking around about Snapdragon. What do you know about her? And Diamondback's like, She's a friend of mine. We went to school together. I just wanted to catch up. And Kono's like, I don't believe you. And he starts cutting off her hair with a samurai sword. It's a sword cane. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It's an elaborate way to get Diamondback a new haircut. Because <laughs> he holds up her hair and cuts it and keeps getting closer and closer to her head. So the idea is, you know, you have the length of your hair before I cut your head off. But it's also like, it's really just a way to get her a new haircut in the next issue. Well, I mean, she's she's going to have this new haircut throughout this this issue. It's just like, you know, a short like little bob, it's not even a bob. It's just like a short haircut. She gets it's like styled into like a, a cute, like a cute little, uh, like shaggy pixie cut in the next. Yeah, it, it's like Ruby Soho's hair. Yeah, who is the Diamondback of AEW? Yes, very much so. Angela shows up. She says, uh, "Hey, Mister D wants you to supervise the incoming shipment, so I'll carry on the interrogation." And she says, I'm tougher than him, but she's not. (laughs) She doesn't do a particularly good job of interrogating, and she gets her ass knocked out again by Diamondback, (laughs) who uh, uses some acid to to break her shackles. Uh, Captain America, after he gets out of the police station, goes after Americop again, by the way. Uh, and so we see him first trying to find Americop, but then he gets word about Diamondback being in this mansion in New Orleans. And, and he's like, New Orleans. Down in New Orleans. And so he's like, oh, Americop's going to have to wait. 
I got to go after Diamondback. So Diamondback and uh, Moonhunter are running around in the mansion, and eventually they come upon uh, the room of Damon Dran, who <laughs> has this wild bedroom with like a canopy bed and a stone hot tub inside of it. Also, I, is Damon Dran a racist caricature? Because I cannot tell. I he this has to be a pull from like he's got to be like a golden age Marvel villain. He has big Fu Manchu energy. He's got that weird thing where he cannot close his mouth. Like the way he is drawn here, his mouth is always open with like gritted teeth. I don't get it. Um, he is he is the indestructible man, and he is not, in fact, a Golden Age character. No? He originates from 1972. Mm. <laughs> First appeared in an issue of Daredevil, created by Jerry Conway. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with him here. He's he's the leader of this whole group, and he reveals that Kono is uh, Snapdragon's brother. And also, they're pretty sure, they for sure Snapdragon is dead, and they're pretty sure they know that Diamondback is the person that killed her. And so this is a lot of Kono trying to get Diamondback to admit that she that, that that's who she is. Captain America once again just comes popping in through the window and he lets Angela out of the cage because she lies to him and says that she was captured and imprisoned in this. And that's when she takes the opportunity to just knee Captain America directly in the balls. Indeed. Whoop. Whoop. That's the sound effect of Captain America being kneed in the balls. Whoop. Whoop. That's the sound of Captain America being kneed in the balls. (laughs) Uh, Captain America gets attacked by a big dude named Maynard who puts him in a full Nelson for a little while. Diamondback almost does the same thing to Kono that she did to Snapdragon. She holds his head underwater in a bathtub for a little while before she stops herself. Then things get even more buckwild when Americop comes driving his giant truck in through the wall of the mansion. (laughs) And he and Captain America are like, well, he's like, Captain America, what are you doing here? And he says, uh, I'm I'm here trying to find a friend of mine. What are you doing here? And America Cop Americop says, I followed the trail of a group of missing children to this house. And so that leads to a showdown at the end of the issue between uh Damon Dran, Captain America, Americop, Kono. And a now knocked out Moon Hunter and Diamondback, which leads into Captain America number four hundred and thirty. 
Kono is nude again on this cover. Why is Kono nude on the covers, but not in the issues? <laughs> yeah, he wears lots of clothes in the issues. Yeah, I don't get it. But uh, it's Captain America fighting some big burly dudes, including Kono, on the cover, as Damon Dran and Diamondback watch in the, from the background. There's a lot of big meaty men with, <laughs> without clothes on on this cover. <laughs> but shoes. They are wearing shoes. Don't go outside without shoes on. You're breaking mother's heart. This is Fighting Chance Book 6. The blurb is, Does Cap stand a chance against the combined forces of Damon Dran and Americop? And then in the upper left, right corner, it says, Continuing the most crucial storyline in Cap's history. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just imagining this being the most crucial storyline in Cap's history. <laughs> what a silly thing to say, Mark. Uh, the actual title of this issue is Cop Out. Great title. Splash page is Americop holding up a gun saying, I said nobody move to everybody else in the room. We also see find out from this title page that this is the conclusion to the second Fighting Chance trilogy. This is the first I'm hearing to Fighting Chance being broken up into trilogies. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of fighting chance. <laughs> they didn't get the idea that these are trilogies in fighting chance until the end of the second one. Captain America and Americop are at the bottom of the stairs as uh, Damon Dran and his big burly men are at the top. I guess uh, Kono is in like a... What are what are the what are the things that sumo wrestlers wear? What are they called? Uh, I cannot recall what they are actually called right now. Okay, but he's wearing one of those, so he's he's more nude than he was, <laughs> aren't we all? Yeah, uh, it's a mawashi. They have Diamondback and Moonhunter captive. Americop isn't sure what to do. He's like, I don't make deals. I enforce the law. And Captain America's just like, drop the gun, man. And uh, he tries to shoot Captain America. So Americop and Captain America are fighting. Diamondback releases herself from the clutches of uh, one of the goons. The whole room starts filling with gas because dudes just start throwing gas grenades. Diamondback eventually gets inside of Americop's truck. And tries to drive the truck outside, but she can't, so she just walks outside to get away from the gas. Damon Dran is basically dares Americop to shoot him, and so Americop does. And Damon Dran's like, you can't do shit to me. I'm the indestructible man. Nothing affects me. And uh, Americop falls to the ground, incapacitated by the gas. Captain America tries to get out with Moonhunter. But he falls incapacitated by the gas as well. And Damon Dran's like, search the grounds for the woman. She must not get away. So Diamondback is just wandering around out in the swamp <laughs> while Captain America and Moonhunter are captured. They're all going to be attacked with uh, tasers at one point, it looks like. Mm -hmm. 
And Americop, before they even touch him with the taser, Americop's like, you don't need to torture me. I'll tell you who I am. <laughs> I'm proud of who I am. And so he gives his whole backstory about how he was a police officer in Houston. His name is Bart Gallows. Great. He didn't like the slippery lawyers and liberal judges abusing the public trust. Liberal judges in Houston, Texas. <laughs> so he resigned from the force and decided to go independent and national. And I think it was earlier where he was like, it's too bad the official law enforcement doesn't recognize my authority. <laughs> so he's just a vigilante who dresses as a cop. And AmeriCop's like, is, so is this where you're kidnapping a bunch of kids? And Damon Dran's like, yeah, we make money off of it. Of course we, of course we do. That's when we get the panel that you screenshotted and sent me where Captain America says, ordinarily I give him a speech, but it would just fall upon deaf ears. Love that. Love Cap's self-awareness of like, that's probably where I, where I this is usually where I do the speech, right? Yeah. But this guy sucks. It's too bad. He just sucks too bad. This guy just talked about how he sells children to a foreign national. So that's going to be an issue for me. Fucking America. Like, when they're getting ready to torture him, being like, you don't need to do that. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. I can't decide if that is hilarious that he is like, immediately, like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to torture me. Or if that's, like, the most badass thing it is possible for him to have done. For him to be like, yeah, I'll tell you exactly who I am, because I don't, like, I am perfectly fine with everybody knowing who I am. And also, I'm going to fucking kill you, so you'll be dead in a minute anyway. He's like the next step beyond John Walker. He's got the John Walker haircut and everything. That's true. He didn't fuck those dudes up like John Walker fucked those dudes up. That's true. That is true. Like, all he does is shoot a bunch of people. John Walker threw a pitchfork through a man. Captain America and Americop get roughed up by the goons for a little while, and then the goons leave, and Americop just immediately frees himself, and Captain America's like, so now you're going to let me out, right? And Americop says, you have got to be kidding. I have perps to catch. And he pieces out. That's when Angela shows back up, and Captain America has to be like, look, please let me out of here. Your boss sucks really bad, and he might try to kill you. Americop might try to kill you, too. So, if you let me out, I'll stop Americop. And then they hear Americop shooting people. (laughs) Also, by the way, her codename is Gold Digger. I was wondering about that, because her name's Angela Golden. Yeah, but when she calls in to Damon Dran, she says, Gold Digger here. Gotta announce yourself. Yeah. Um, Also, the reason Captain America can't free himself is because of his physical problems that he's been going through, his his ailments. (laughs) Your phrasing is the kind of vague phrasing that people on other podcasts use when they talk about dick pills. (laughs) <laughs> Tony Schmoli get... out here told me, told me that, uh, that there, there's people who can help you gotta get blue chew don't be like Captain America get blue chew red white and blue chew 
out in the swamp. The swamps uh, in New Orleans. The bayou. That's, that's right. After having called for help, Diamondback meets up with Black Widow, who is now here, in her jacket that's so nice. It's the Steve Epting jackets, baby. Yeah, boy. To finally help deal with this whole situation, Gold Digger's like, I don't need you. I'm out of here. Uh, and it's finally Black Widow shoots his chains and releases him. And when that happens, Captain America says, Rachel, you and Moonhunter check this warehouse for any sign of the ch- the children the cop America was talking about. And Diamondback reacts to that by saying, he didn't even thank me. What is going on? He's mad at me. I don't know how this whole situation that we finally get to happens. Cause so there's one point where the indestructible man dares Americop to shoot at him again, even though Americop should know by this point that shooting him does no good because mm-hmm. it happened earlier. Right. But this time Americop shoots at him and he pretends to fall to the ground dead. So Americop goes walking up to him and indestructible man like grabs him by the throat and it looks like they're going to get into a big fight. But then the next time we see Americop and indestructible man, indestructible man is trying to escape on a helicopter and Americop is shooting the helicopter down with a big gun. This doesn't make any temporal sense to me. (laughs) Right. How did they get from point A to point B there? Because it looked like Damon Dran had the upper hand on Americop. But now Americop is shooting down his helicopter. I don't get it. I guess he, for some reason, didn't kill Americop. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. And then the last we see of Damon Dran, he is sitting on the ground, having fallen out of an exploding helicopter, and Black Widow asks him, you in pain, Dran? And he says to her, talking to you, yes. Good night, everybody. (laughs) Uh, They do not find the kids, the kidnapped kids, and Diamondback is still worried that uh, Cap is mad at her while Cap is thinking about how he's upset that he couldn't free himself from his imprisonment. Then there's a like final splash page where it's like, go buy Streets of Poison out yeah. now. Hey, we're putting we're making a Streets of Poison paperback and we want to give you a full page ad for it. Yeah. Cause that needs to be out in the like we need everybody to read this story. Of the whole Mark Greenwalter run on Captain America. Here's the story we need you to read. It's got everybody. Red Skull, Kingpin, Daredevil, Bullseye. Meth. It's great. (laughs) Finally, Captain America number 431, Fighting Chance Book 7, continuing the storyline that will change Cap forever. Is this the next Sentinel of Liberty? Introducing Free Spirit, registered trademark. Uh, The answer is no. No, but uh, here's Free Spirit on the cover uh, in her her full regalia. Let me see how many appearances in comics Kathy Webster has had, by the way. 
Not enough. AKA free spirit. Talking about Kathy twenty. Webster. Talking about what if what if Spider Man was Captain America? It's twenty. What if Gwen Stacy was Spider Man and Captain America? That is that is kind of it. Even though I gotta say, a lot of this issue is not good. A lot of the free spirit stuff in this issue is not good. I am curious to hear what you have to say about it. Because I kind of think it's great. All right, well, we'll get into it. She appears in this Captain America series basically until the end. She's in two issues of Avengers. She's in Captain America The Legend. And then she's in several issues of Captain America Steve Rogers from 2017. Oh, man. The Nick Captain America run. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this issue starts with Captain America trying to lift weights, and it's not going well. So he talks to his doctor, and his doctor says, this de- deterioration is occurring more rapidly than I was expecting. You just couldn't take my advice and ease up on the activity, I take it. He eventually comes to the conclusion that adrenaline is having the opposite effect on Captain America than it has on everybody else. So when he is in like a danger situation. It makes his entire body go numb. So you're saying there's adrenaline in his bones. Something, something. Cody Rhodes. That's where, that's where Captain America is right now. Adrenaline in his bones. At Avengers mansion, Diamondback is hanging out and fucking Quicksilver and, uh, Crystal are whispering about her. <laughs> Quicksilver is being a fucking dick, and uh, his wife, Crystal, is like, well, yeah. <laughs> I knew he was like this when I married him. Well, C- Crystal's being mean, too. Yeah. Diamondback's like, what's going on? And Black Widow's like, look, not everybody here likes you, but don't worry about it. If Captain America thinks you're good, then you're good. Right? What Captain America thinks about you is what matters the most. And Diamondback's like, well, I don't even know if Captain America likes me. He didn't say thank you to me last issue. Then we cut to Hayden College somewhere in the Midwest, where a professor uh, named Professor Polacourt is recruiting students to take part in an experiment where they listen to tapes while they sleep to help them have more physical ability. Yeah. The 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 young woman who will be free spirit, Kathy Webster, is a student at the college who makes great grades, who is extremely smart, but is not doing great in phys ed. She has a C minus. She's a huge nerd. She's very much Steve Rogers before the Super Soldier Serum, right? Yeah. Uh, so we see her like out playing soccer, and she's just getting like elbowed around, fucking elbow to the face. Uh huh. And like as someone who is a fan of professional women's soccer, notably, um, that is pretty accurate to uh to women playing soccer that I've seen. They will throw some fucking bows at you. Uh, but man, uh, Lindquist or whatever this lady's name is, just fucking 
Masato Tanaka's her on the field. So at first, Kathy is like, I don't want to do this experiment. I'll get by on my own. But then there's a whole situation where her roommate brings a dude to the room. Where did they meet, Matt? You tell me. Where did they meet? Oh, at the Smash Pumpkins concert. That's right. The world is a vampire. We met at the NWA show. (laughs) So her roommate brings a guy back to the room. Then she leaves. And the RA shows up. And she's like, you can't have a guy in here. I could have you suspended for this, Webster. I like that she's like, it's always you mousy bookworm types. And (laughs) Kathy is like, okay, I can either take the heat for this or throw my roommate under the bus. I guess I'll take the heat for it. No, throw your roommate under the bus. She gets thrown out of school. Yeah. No, sorry, throw your roommate under the bus, Kathy. So because of that... She decides, okay, I'll do the experiment. So she goes and meets the professor. She does this sleep thing where she goes to sleep and listens to the tapes. While also there's like beams being shot at her. Yeah, Vita Rays. She puts on Cerebro and then they shoot some Vita Rays at her. Yeah. And when uh she wakes up she's got like all this athletic ability she's kicking the heads off of dummies <laughs> you know let, let, like that's that's how you can tell if you've got superpowers if you kick the head off a dummy and she says what did you do i feel like a new person all charged up like i've become a, an olympic athlete how did your self help tapes do this and the professor lying to her says <laughs> the relationship between body mind and body is underestimated in our culture kathy I mean, that's I not necessarily a lie. Yeah, and she says, I unleash your body's full potential. Uh, so Kathy goes back after, you know, this clearly malevolent professor gives her whole speech about how, uh, you know, I want you to be a spokesperson for my new self-help program. There should be no uh, discrimination. We're going to demonstrate female equality and promote uh, and protest sexism. You, and Kathy's you don't like, like sexism, do you, Kathy? And Kathy's like, yeah, no, that sounds reasonable. Uh, so Kathy goes back to her old dorm room, and she's like, I need to borrow some of your dance outfits. And so her superhero costume, her free spirit costume, is her college roommate's dance outfits. <laughs> Which just happened to look kind of like the American flag. Yeah. She proceeds then to go to a frat party where she lectures everyone about sexism. <laughs> and they're not, at first, they're not going to let her in because she's not wearing a toga. But then the guy says she's so totally babelicious that, uh, that he'll let her slide on the dress code. Yeah. But then uh, she says, hmm, pretty interesting that you guys are dressed like Roman senators and the women are slaves or concubines. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Nobody's like, Hey, it's, it's not that deep (laughs) actually. Yeah. Like, it's just like, I get what you're saying. And that would be pretty messed up if that was the case, but it's more like, like, did you not, have you seen animal house? (laughs) It's kind of just like that. 
Instead, the reaction of these dudes is to, like, grab her and try to attack her. Mm-hmm. She, you know, beats the shit out of these guys. And then she has the thought, hate men, hunt men, hurt men. And she's like, wait, what was that? Why is that in my head? And she runs away. She goes back to the lab to find it completely cleaned out and empty. And she plays the tape that she had been listening to overnight, which on repeat says, hate men, hunt men, hurt men. And she says, I don't know who you are, what kind of twisted game you're playing, Wentworth. Why would someone with the genius to liberate my body want to subjugate my mind? And that's when she decides she is free spirit. Okay. And you don't like this. I think it's weird that her, the person who created her, is some kind of weird villain feminist who hate man-hating feminist. It's superior. Oh, is it superior? I mean, it it has to be. Like, hmm. there's like that's what I got from it. Without reading ahead or looking to make sure, it's definitely superior. I, I at first I said she was Professor Policourt, but Professor Policourt is a different character. She's Doctor Wentworth. Yeah. Um. Maybe She's maybe it is superior. superior. Now I'm gonna read ahead and see. Or or Margaret Paul decided there needed to be two like man hating misandrist mad scientists, which would be pretty whack. Admittedly, you are right. It is superior. Yeah, bud. So it, I mean, it fits into that. It fits into that stuff we've seen before. But it's just like I don't know. I feel like it. If the whole deal with this run of Captain America is like, here are the Captain Americas that could replace Steve Rogers and why they won't work, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like Free Spirit is also meant to fit into that category because she shows up at a frat party and lectures them about, you know, the symbolism of their frat party. Like, on the one hand, she's right, but also Americop is kind of right, and it's all about their methods, you know? Right. That's that's the stuff I don't love about it. Because I feel like Free Spirit could be, like, a good character on her own. Just tying her into this, like, man-hating feminism stuff, which, is al- which has always been, you know, a dog whistle, that I don't love. That I don't... It, I mean, look, it is like my affection aside. Superior is not good. <laughs> no, I no. think Superior is kind of hilarious. <laughs> Just like Superior, who got so mad that Captain America didn't let her drown. Yes, like, she's such a cartoon. But like, I I get it. But I find Superior to be very entertaining. Uh, she's way, way over the top, yeah. She's pretty wildly over the top. Meanwhile, Captain America is looking for those kids still. Like, he's trying to figure out where they are and where they've gone to. Uh, so he's talking to Peggy about that. He's asking, and he's also asking Fabian for some new equipment. 
to help him do his mission more efficiently. And Fabian's like, yeah, I got some ideas. Uh, Diamondback also goes and visits Bernie at her office. And she's like, hey, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did kill Snapdragon. I am quite certain she's dead. (laughs) I am a a little bit fucked. So I'm going to need to turn myself in uh, to the authorities. And Bernie's like, hold on a minute. Absolutely do not go to AIM Island and turn yourself in. Because they're just going to use you as bait for Captain Captain America. Yeah, like at best... You are going to be bait for Cap. And Diamondback says, Bernie, this is shaking my faith in justice. I'm guilty of sin, and I'm supposed to walk around like nothing happened? And Bernie, probably quite rightly, says, no offense, but who you need is to see is a therapist, not a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Look, I, I get that you're a little, like, you're pretty fucked up about this. There's there's nobody, and you were in a foreign country, and that foreign country is run by a techno terrorist organization. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, maybe that's a win on this. Oh right, because Bernie got told either last issue or the issue before that Snapdragon got cremated. Yeah. So there, yeah, there's no body uh, for her to find. Fabian gives Captain America a like big padded suit that is the middle step before the full armor cap and boy it's got pouches he's got a lot to carry he does does. i like how uh fabian clearly like airbrushed the sides of the star on it that would be covered up like the middle (laughs) of the star is still just cap's costume and also, he gave him a he gave him a belt buckle with an A on it. Yeah, that's what he's been needing this whole time, uh, and a gun. <laughs> like I didn't even notice the gun until later in the issue, where somebody's like, "Hey, do you have a fucking gun?" <laughs> uh, Diamondback comes back to Cap's headquarters. Captain America's like, "What's on your mind?" And Diamondback says, "Look, let's just end it now." Uh, we can't work together anymore, and we can't we can't do whatever we're doing as far as like dating because I'm a murderer and you don't want to be with me. And Captain America says, "Look, you're basically a good person who's had some bad breaks. Let me just show you the right path." And then Diamondback's like, "No, I don't want to be some kind of like charity case. I don't want to be the woman you save. None of that." And Cap's like, "What? No, no, no. It's not like that. Just." Come with me. I got to go try to find these kids that got kidnapped. Come with me and we'll talk about it some more. So they get on Cap's plane and go to uh, Mexico where they find themselves at Baron Zemo's castle. Well, they, uh, they see a bunch of playground equipment and Cap's like, playground equipment. Kids. <laughs> Which- <laughs> yeah. Probably kids here. And there's a slide. But, so. uh, then they're attacked by some artificial men who actually don't try to hurt them. They just escort them to uh, Baron Zemo and the Baroness, who are like, yeah, um, we bought those kids, and here they all are. Uh, they're, they're our new adopted children. And also, they have a surprise for you. 
And all of those kids pull guns and say, we hate Captain America. And that's uh, where we end it. That's great. I like that Grimwald's Captain America is such a square, but he can also be such a dick sometimes <laughs> to the people he does not like. And like when he sees Zemo and Zemo's costume no longer covers his face, he goes, what's the deal with your face, Zemo? Like, like, aren't you like stuck in that? Like, like your dad was? What's wrong with your fucking face? And Zemo's just like, I got reconstructive surgery. It's fine. Yeah, I got better. Uh, so that's where we'll leave this set of Groonies. We're going to finish Fighting Chance next time. And then we'll have one more set of Groonies after that. And then we'll be done with the run. It's bittersweet, Matt. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to miss everybody. And I'm going to miss everybody. I will say, this set of Groonies reminded me more of the early issues of the run than any others in a while. Yeah, it it it, it doesn't remind me of like the high point of the run, which is kind of like, you know, 350. But it definitely reminds me of like the Serpent Society stuff. Yeah. And, and like, Fighting Chance is not good, <laughs> but Fighting Chance is not bad. No, there's stuff in here I actually really like. Yeah. So it is what it is. If you would like to get in touch with us, if you want to send us an Every Story Ever list, or you want to uh, sponsor the show, email us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. You can also hit us up on Twitter at warrocketpod. On Twitter, we're on Tumblr at warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. And we have a Discord that you have to be invited to be a part of. So if you want an invitation, then uh, hit us up on one of the places I just mentioned for a Discord invitation, and we'll get you one. Every episode of the show we've ever done is at warrocketajax.com. Warrocketwiki.com is the fan repository of everything War Rocket Ajax. They do have a page now for Thursday Night Raw, so you should go check that out, as well as all the other information that is there. But do they have the map of Gimmick Street? That I will have to check. If you want to find me and my stuff, I'm at mattdwilson.net. Chris, where can people find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website, and it's got links to everything that I've done. So go there and look at those things. Or listen to them. Or look at them and listen to them. We'll be back next week with a guest. And uh, it should be a fun, fun time. Chris? It is always fun talking Groonies with you. Buddy, it's I I hope we have ninety percent of the fun with with uh Jerky's into mystery as we've had with the Groonies. Cause this is a it's always a blast. We gotta cherish these moments. We really we have do. to cherish the moments, everybody. See you next week, everybody. And remember, Black Lives Matter. Trans rights are human rights. As are abortion rights. And cops are not your friends. I'm but we cops, love you. Especially. <laughs> but we love you. We love you. Yeah! You are everything to flash. 